to the most recent edition of the Flash Flashcast, um, returning after a tiny unplanned hiatus of an episode. I am Lisa Schmeiser, and with me, I am thrilled to announce our Phil Mozilek. Yay! Yay! And Tony Sindler. Hello, nerds. They said we couldn't do it, Yay. but here we are, the whole team back together. I, I know, I'm so excited Screw about them this. Screw them all. We got them. We do, yes. This, nothing can stop us now. Podcast it. Anyway, (laughs) we are here to discuss episode um, number five, Monster, and answer the question, who's the real monster? Is there a monster? Aren't we all the monsters for watching? Anyway, as you know, this podcast... This podcast always starts off with a 45-second recap of everything that took 42 minutes to unfold. Um, Because I missed the last episode, it has been decided that I get to do the the recap. You get to board the pain uh, train. I do. And I will um, count myself down and keep myself honest. How about that? I'm also here to help if you need that. So, (laughs) all right. Yeah. What? Tony, you you are always, always here to help. I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, whether people want it or not, I'm here, ready to help. All right. Uh, Lisa, are you ready? I'll I'll give you a three, two, one, go. All right. All right. Three, two, one, go. So Caitlin is on her way to becoming Killer Frost. When we meet her mom, we suddenly understand so much more. And the episode ends with her mom warning her not to use her powers. Caitlin responds to this message by using her powers. We also find out that H.R. Wells is really not so much a killer scientist as he is someone who hand waves about his quote unquote partner who actually deciphered the message for him. Talks about how he's an idea guy and what he actually is is annoying and laying the seeds for a future plotline where his partner, who's the real genius, pops through and promotes their own agenda. You don't mention a partner in the first third of a season without bringing him in later. Um, Villain of the week is a dude who might as well just be posting on Reddit because he wants to make people feel as scared and insignificant as he does. Um, And a lot of this episode is taken up with Barry's HR issues with Julian. Um draco malfoy csi and uh turns out that old julian has a big chip on his shoulder because metahumans are kind of harsh in his science mellow that's it that's all i got <laughs> all right i'll give you 50, 57 seconds so that's pretty good you, you got in under a minute and there were, i think there were a lot of little threads in this episode so you you yeah. really pulled them in. i'd say the one thread that you missed which is also like probably the thread they could have just not included in this whole episode uh was joe's bad dating game. yeah joe's bad dating game yeah <laughs> so. I'm not even dignifying that with a response right now. I understand. I feel like that's just... Eh. That's a season-long like, thread. <laughs> Some threads well, are better than others, people. <laughs> well, I, I also feel like the the problem is with the romances on this show are there's no point in getting attached to any prospects because people either end up transferred out or dead and or evil. So, so, you know, why do we care? Like Cisco has a thing with the golden glider and she's now off listening to her dead dad on radio on a different CW show. And she'll come in for sleeps every now and again. And the other woman that he had a thing for, like got also got spun off onto a CW thing. So if it happens again, we know that he's basically a trend. And as Caitlin points out in this episode, her husband died and then her rebound turned it out to be like a serious killer dude from a different dimension and 
let's see, one of Iris's boyfriends killed himself to prevent a timeline from happening. One of Barry's girlfriends turned into Dr. Light, or actually had like Dr. Light as her clone. And then another one of Barry's girlfriends got transferred to a different um, city, or rather chose to transfer herself to a different... Do you see where I'm going here? I don't know, mm-hmm. but your like, memory is... is impeccable. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was pretty impressive. There is literally no relationship on this show that doesn't end up with somebody dead or off screen. Uh, you know... <laughs> Uh, so I'm not really too keen to see Joe get attached or involved because we all know how it's going to end poorly. <laughs> so, so let's, let's, let's just consider that, that topic discussed. We can move on. <laughs> okay. Um, it's the Caitlin episode. Okay. Yeah. So do we want to go into the I'm no scientician segment since a lot of Caitlin's uh, episode has a lot of hand waving about science in it since her mom is a scientist who sciences a lot and also does science. Yes. Scientists are pricks. <laughs> You know, that's like that seems to be like one of the subtexts here. Yeah. yeah. Um, Caitlin's mom is is such a. St- you know who who she reminds me of is um the woman on Silicon Valley, the mm. one who plays the venture mm-hmm, the, the venture mm-hmm, capital mm-hmm, investor. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about, yes. right? With the sweater vest and the very awkward way of talking. It was like that, except with Caitlin. I'm I'm told that children might have emotions sometimes. Is that true? Are you a child? Do you have emotions? And and you're like, oh man, really? And she blasted um, her cold power like kind of out of the blue like off the jump like oh mom you make me mad freeze your desk with your iced tea well that's like okay so let's come back to that because in previous episodes it seemed like caitlin really couldn't control it it would just pop out at different times um like when she was stressed or maybe just unpacking the events of the day and i'm still not sure she did it deliberately but i think that's when caitlin began to make the connection that maybe how she feels influences how much control she has over her power i that guess sound. Yeah, it's, yeah it's a little it's a little unclear and there's the whole yeah i mean how do her powers work because there's i mean mm-hmm. she, they have her freeze the liquid tungsten which is you know like a neat kind of you know visual yeah. effect but there's the the line there about like the energy from that is all inside her which i did not yeah I don't totally so get. So where is she where is she storing it? I yeah. Well, she's like, got you know, she's got a candy c- nugget on the inside, <laughs> so she keeps it warm on the inside but cold on the out. So it, she's got like a crispy frost coating like on a, the outside. Like a peppermint patty. Yeah, peppermint <laughs> patty. <laughs> that's that's a superheroine we need to see. Um, you know, where she just blasts everything with refreshing mint and and it was, Oh, what was I talking about? I feel so relaxed and refreshed, refreshed now. No, it's it's the the physics of this um, weird me out. And here's hoping our Flash army can can pile in. But it seems like she's uh, th- there's a lot of thermal energy, like mm-hmm. that she's just sucking in and absorbing. And the question is, where is it going? Um, sh- what is she doing with it? Is it all going to explode outward again? Does it get sent to another dimension? Like what? What's going on? And at the end, when her mom, yeah, like at, at the end when her mom sends this message, all Caitlin, I don't know what's happening, but whatever happens, don't use your powers. And then Caitlin's like, "Hmm, I'm going to respond to this bad news by using my powers some more." 
I did. Um, it did. They did seem to introduce the mechanic in this uh, episode, and I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk mm-hmm. it up to the flashpoint that people mm-hmm. leave video messages uh, of everything yeah. instead of just like sending an email. Um, because like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna send you a talking head video message of my instructions. Caitlin leaves a message about where she was away for a couple of days. Yeah, I'm just I'm, like, I'm I'm chalking that up to you know flashpoint. Gotta be a flashpoint. Like, because they it, don't have texting. Did, They're just really into yeah, talking guess, head videos. You know. No. Yeah. No. Nobody invented gifts on this world now. Yeah. Like that's one of the things that Barry changed with the timeline is no one knows what a gif is. Yeah. Um, you know. But yeah, I'm super confused as to how Caitlin's powers work. Um, and I'm also super confused as to what the makeup team was doing this episode because they speckled her. Like I was, I was watching her in HD, and I was just really distracted by how much that makeup was troweled on. Like Danielle Panabaker couldn't move her face underneath it; she just like has the Bambi eyes and looks vaguely sad. And I'm like, it's the makeup. The makeup is keeping her face from moving. It was, it was distracting. You know, I'm not a big makeup wearer myself, but I will mm. tell you that I did notice her lips all the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. So I think you've got something. Yeah. There's something to that, Lisa. Yeah. I was trying to figure out if it was like a Snow White homage when skin so white, lips so red. And um, what else I noticed, because I watched a bunch of episodes in a row, is what else I've noticed is they've been shifting her wardrobe away from collars and into black and white this season, where she's wearing a lot more white and a lot more black. And she Mm. had like a lacy snowflake pattern on her top today, too. So I'm trying to figure out if they're pancaking on the stuff so that Caitlin can get paler and paler per episode and then we have the big dramatic reveal during sweeps or something but it was distracting her makeup was legitimately distracting in episode five Mm -hmm. Uh, I will bring up the I'm no scientist either and Mm -hmm. which is that I I don't know how the science field works but Mm -hmm. it seems as though it's very cutthroat so much so that um (laughs) uh her mother's assistant uh, mm-hmm. was about to maybe kill or kidnap yeah. or hostageize. So, Mose, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out here. Thank See, you. this is not just the world of scientitioning. This is the world of evil corporate scientitioning. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I will point out that. I am not entirely sure what Nigel's plan was because his plan was garbage. Um, yeah. Because she's like, I'm, I'm going gonna... to lock a door and terrorize my test subject. Yes. And then there, and that then, can and then freeze me anytime yes. she yeah. wants. Yeah. Nigel, yeah. here's your mistake. When you lock mm-hmm. Caitlin, the, who has the crazy ice powers that are like off your charts, do it. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you give your little speech from the other side of the door that you just locked. That's how you do it. Or restrain her. It, yeah, that scene didn't totally make sense. Yeah. And maybe, it, I mean, it doesn't super matter. But I was confused as to whether his goal there was to keep her there or to upset her and get her powers to manifest. But either way, he got frozen and that, like, his arm at least, and that seemed bad for him. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah. To say nothing of, like, even evil scientist corp- corporations yeah. have to have their paperwork in order or else, like, teams of um, teams of USDA scientists descend and, and, and start clucking about regulations. So there has to be something in there about, you know, release forms or I, I think, do, you, do you consent to being held against your will or, or anything? <laughs> I think that we're going to I think we're going to learn more about yeah. them and that they are up to the evilest yeah. of sciences. Uh huh. If only because they're a giant evil science corporation that, as far as yeah. I can tell, only has three employees. Uh, that's, that's one of which just is a receptionist. Yes. Yeah. That's just efficient. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> so. And well, because this, you know, you you're right. They're probably really into evil stuff because then Caitlin can have like a total crisis of conscience. Where on the one hand, it's her mom who's offering her help, but on the other hand, this is a corporation that's going to do terrible things to every other metahuman. So. Mm. 
She's going to have to balance her self-interest and her desire for family against her fear of her powers and the betterment of humanity. And it's going to be like a classic Flash dilemma. Mm -hmm. So that's what we love. And I hope that I hope well, I hope they give her that kind Mm -hmm. of juicy plot line because having her moon over Ronnie for two seasons was no fun. So, I, so. I mean, that was my question for you, uh, mm-hmm. given because we haven't had a chance to talk about Caitlin's arc so far. How do you feel yeah. of it? I mean, that was your big hope for, for season three. We're only partway you know, into it. We're yeah. like a quarter of the way. Yeah. But we do seem to have this this decent sized Caitlin arc. Uh, how yeah. How is it doing so far vis-a-vis your, um, your expectations? I'm pretty excited about okay. it. Um, you know, I'm curious to see how Danielle Panabaker carries it off. Uh, but one of the things I liked about the scant amount of characterization that she was allowed to do in previous seasons was she was this very warm and humane and compassionate scientist. You know, like she leads with her head more than Cisco does, but she does tend to have a, a really robust sense of empathy. Like she was basically the, the the empathy for the team. And so I like the idea of seeing whether or not that trait is ultimately what comes to define her. Or if she chooses to remain in fear of her powers, mm-hmm. and um, that's what because because I feel like the the I feel like the the moral or the plotline that we're being set up for is 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 Caitlin's capacity for love stronger than her capacity for fear because Killer Frost is motivated by fear and anger and you know will Caitlin veer in that direction or will she you know be grounded by the rest of the team mm-hmm. at Star Labs? So I hope that's where we're going, and I'm yeah. kind of excited about that. Gotta admit, a little bummed that Jesse Quick is off the scene, because um, I, I did enjoy having her around, too, as somebody else to play off of. I hope we but, see more uh, of her. It seems like I do too, we should, yeah. but I, I don't know what will happen. Mm-hmm. It seemed like they they let, they put a lot of groundwork in there, and it's like, why not have her pop in occasionally oh, some more? Come on. Yeah. She's coming over for a booty call every now and again. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. So. I wonder if she's going to show up on Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, like, if let's that's going to be a thing where she pops in. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would right, I'd advise yeah, her, like, that's a bad neighborhood. Keep going. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> no, the, honey. <laughs> th- those people are silly. Go to the <laughs> dimension where your dad is a mime. Yeah. That's a fun one. <laughs> you know, the, I have to say the thing that was uh, mm-hmm. irritating me a little bit with the Caitlin story was, like, why she's not talking to anyone. And so I About really this, liked yeah. the scene in this episode where they basically uh discover the true nature of hr and like there's mm-hmm. a quick shot to like her face and you get yeah. the like like if she was like thinking about maybe coming you know coming out and talking to the team like no that just got pushed further down because yeah. like of how they reacted to this kind of uh betrayal of his lie slash lie by omission about his his nature yeah. right like and i then, thought that worked for me see- right yeah, and then then he has like the line he delivers with the subtlety of a sledgehammer. All who, which one of you hasn't sat on the truth for your own reasons and mm-hmm. alighted things? And I'm like, oh my! And you see everybody around them looking all guilty and shifty. And I was like, that's going to be a theme this season yeah. is you know transparency. So, and I'm I'm more um, okay with that. I mean, I feel like the CW mm-hmm. shows lean into the like the hidden secret that reluctant hero refuses to share with the group until it's like until it's everyone's shouting at each other and there's drama yeah uh but Mm -hmm. this one works better this one works better than like there's a secret child that i'm not allowed to tell you about or that you know Uh, yeah (laughs) so now yeah like you said the cw shows tend to lean on that trope and one of these days i hope to god the writers take it and somebody screams this could have all been prevented Mm -hmm. if someone just said something (laughs) like just have somebody voice that for the audience once (laughs) But yeah, so let's um, move on to the Dr. Wells wellness check, because we I think we've established that H.R. Wells is no doctor. No doctor. Yeah. Or at least not I like know. it might be 
like a mail order <laughs> certificate. Yeah, he's an idea it man. He got an honorary doctorate. Let's put it that um, way. Yeah, I I like this. I like this. Uh, I I also like that they did not dwell on this. Like when they first, you know, early in the episode, mm-hmm. we have the thing where he's he's recording something on his little little device, uh, and then they talk about you know confronting him, and it's like this whole thing got packaged up in one episode as opposed to I think I I did not have the patience for multi episode mm-hmm. arc about what is this version of Doctor Wells really up to. Uh, and people, yeah. people nice. skulking around. So like, well, so I was so I was pleasantly surprised that, that yeah. they're like, no, we're dealing with this now. Um, yeah. So yeah. if we're dealing was, with it yeah. now, if we're dealing with mm-hmm. it right now, does that mean that HR is in the clear? We're not going to deal with the sub theme of uh, this guy could be a bad guy. Is it off the table? He's he's just a novel, no, just no, a novelist. Never, never limit the possibility of Tom Cavanaugh's uh, uh, Wells character being a complete uh, being a complete crit court screw. Mm-hmm. Like what um, I think this episode did is it showed you that this dude is is H.R. Wells is opportunistic more than anything else. And so the two questions I have are: How is he going to exploit this? Because it's pretty clear that he sees this as an opportunity to be exploited. And who is his partner who is the real brains yeah. behind who, everything? Who's the Steve Wozniak behind him, yeah. Because you don't mention how your partner is the real brains who translated everything and then sent you through an, through an interworld breach without, like, having that got... Like, there's a plan. We don't know all the all, all the parts of it. All that we know is there's a, there's a partner who's very mm-hmm. smart, like, scary smart, and was smart enough to send H.R. Wells as the advanced man to soften everybody up through team building and coffee orders. I just... I, I, do, I have to say, yeah. I, I do not tire of funny references about how this universe is slightly different from the other universes yes. so like oh god like yes. that earth 19 has Murder no coffee that's that's yeah. tragic it's blight uh, it, is. it was blighted yeah. yeah yeah it was the blight and, but they do have a big belly burger yeah which is good they um, seem to not quite have the same pop music so he's like very vulnerable to pop music in earth one so that i, yeah. I also i appreciate that um, maybe that maybe that's how they'll take down his his partner yeah. i also appreciate how gladiators was called sweaty men Yes, yes, that was yeah. strong, very strong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and oh, sumptuous day as your good morning greeting. And oh, a, sumptuous day <laughs> until next communion as your uh, your parting. Uh, see these these so, are the things. And that should be a thing, catchphrase. Why are we not using that? <laughs> like I, oh, sumptuous day. Oh, I think we should work into everything. Oh, sumptuous day. Well, here's <laughs> the thing I like about that one. Like it seems like the coffee is a statement on the uh, the the nature of the the world he's from. Do you mm-hmm. think that the, everybody on Earth-19 actually says Osumptuous Day, or is that something that this weirdo guy has picked up as thinks is, and is attempting to normalize? Because uh, I'm I suspicious. I don't know. <laughs> well, there's, there's some pretty flowery speech, and he's dressed like some weird, you know, 1980s D&D hipster. Like, uh, we the just, outfits are We just call those are hipsters now. Um, yeah, so. the, outfit, the outfits are just off enough, where you're like, oh, I see that on Earth-19 no one's gotten the memo about sweater vests. Um and did I miss something but, about but, the drumming, the whole drumsticks thing? It, I, I just noticed I, them repopulating in his hands at all times. I don't think there was any discussion of it, but it was okay. definitely a thing that he kept doing. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe that's supposed to be some sort of homage or quirk to a Steve Jobs-esque feature, and mm. we haven't picked up the reference yet, you know? Um, I like that it's, he... It's definitely, it's definitely like a tick for when he's mm-hmm. brainstorming or thinking or BSing somebody. Um, 
So, so there's that. Um, I gotta say, I'm, I'm very sorry that Cisco has suffered such a personality altering loss, but I kind of like this new, more cynical, more tired of everyone's nonsense Cisco. Like that, this Cisco is growing on me. <laughs> I feel like he's a little all over, pla- all over the place, episode to episode. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe the, the writer's room is that whoever adopted Cisco has moved on to uh, Legends of Tomorrow or something. Um, because he seems to be like we've we've had in the course of five episodes like grief stricken Cisco, normal yeah. Cisco, and like cynical, you know, angry Cisco, uh, and he's only appeared in like four of those five episodes. Yeah, because so. he was really edgy this episode, yeah. and all I could think was if I had somebody making me breakfast every morning like Barry does, yeah. I I don't think I'd be able to start off the day angry. Yeah. You know, like that would just be the greatest thing. Well, oh, sometimes, on my couch sometimes you just want to butter your own bread. I, yeah. I guess, but you know, I'm just, I, I, if there's buttered bread, take sense the bread. When you put them together, those words just don't make sense. Yeah. Like, why would you not just want the the eggs and the bacon and the bread and the be all put together? It's expensive for you. <laughs> no, not if you're living on your couch. It's not. Maybe. Hey, it's Mose. I'm breaking in real quick. Just to tell you about something that we have for you to buy if you would like and support the show and look super freaking cool all at the same time. I mean, supporting the show is cool, but buying some swag, real nice. Check out the link. It's an I Am No Scientician t-shirt. It freaking rules. I like it a lot. Well, I kind of did design it, so I should like it. But support the show. It's Christmas time coming up. Little stocking stuff for never hurt. You know, the kids will love it. People will respect you because they'll understand that you're no scientician. I like yeah. that uh, HR, I thought that was a nice kind of uh, character moment with HR had, he had all the coffee orders memorized, but hadn't learned uh-huh. their names. I thought that was like, yeah. you know, a, a good kind of uh, CEO, absent-minded genius-esque thing. Yeah. We're like fixated on one, you know, thing, one de- one set of details to impress people, yeah. but totally overlooked, like, uh, I want more normal names. social element. So Yeah, so, I, want, I want... What he kept calling Cisco San Francisco. Yeah, and it's like, got to be oh, constant. I want to see hard. more nicknames on everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah I I want to see what I want to see is I want to see some interaction between uh, Joe and HR because I want to see if Joe's BS meter is as finely tuned as it was with all the other iterations of Wells has been. Um, he's got he's got a girl know, was, on his mind. That's not going to happen. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, so so yeah, it's I, I enjoy that they actually have a, a, a Doctor Wells who is useless in the lab, because <laughs> um, it'll it'll push it'll push our guys to to well it'll push Barry towards becoming the guy who can plausibly invent Gideon, mm-hmm. you know, because that's been something that um, has been alluded to in other seasons is that oh Barry's the one who eventually lays down the technological tools that we later recognize as Gideon and the Justice League from the, you know, mumbly mumbly century. I will even mention as someone who has been suffering, who has been doing time, who has been investing. I was going to, there's no appropriate adverb here. I have been watching legends of tomorrow and there is a, they, Mm. they double down on that reference in a, in a recent episode about, uh, Barry, uh, creating Gideon and talking to ripped Hunter. He sends an email. That's all you need to know. So, yeah. Oh, so, you know, we, we've got to get Barry. Tony. Well, we've got to get Barry to the point where it's plausible for him to do that. And so maybe by having a Wells mm-hmm. who is not um, 
head and shoulders above all the other left brain kids in the lab, this forces them to have to become the brains that they're presumably going to be in the future. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, if Julian speaking. isn't a bad guy, Julian will okay. join the team, and Julian's cash money will finance uh-huh. Gideon. Done. Okay, so can we talk about Draco Malfoy CSI yeah. here? Is this, um, is this under... part of what? what's the flashpoint? Yeah, we're now moving to the segment called What's the Flashpoint? And um, so I have some mixed feelings because on the one hand, I like that there's somebody who doesn't like Barry. Um, I like it because Barry clearly has no idea how to handle this. Like it has literally never occurred to him that he couldn't get along with somebody. Um, it, it, and like Felicity says in a previous episode, you're like pudding. Everybody likes pudding. And um, well, usually I, if Barry, if, if Barry's at six and seven was at somebody, like all he has to do is apologize and make it right. And it works out this way. And that clearly does not work with Julian. I like that. I, I um, even like that his, his reasons for not liking Barry seem like pretty rooted in like, you know, Barry, reality. No, Barry's not such a great coworker. So like, you know, he's, yeah, he's not no. great about holding down a nine to five. So um. yeah, no. And that, that was like, great is all of Julian's complaints were pretty solid, which is like, Look, we have a job that requires us to be in the office nine hours a day, and you need to be reliable, and you need to show up places, and you need to not go romping through cases that aren't yours, because this is how cases get thrown out of court. Um, All of those are, like, legitimate things, and um, it's nice to point out that Barry's real job, the Flash, is getting away the day job. That said, I really hate the backstory they gave to him because it, it is Draco Malfoy CSI where he's like, well, I was the eldest son of a very old and wealthy British family and there were big expectations for me where I was the next in line. And, you know, I half expected him to say, and then my dad's creepy boss forced me to get the dark mark. And, you know, a few Wizard Wars later, here I am. I have a PhD now. I was hoping for a fresh start and then many humans happened. He um, kind of unloaded a lot in this episode. I feel like they could have... Yeah, I could have spaced those out a little bit. Parceled that out a little bit. Well, this is like the second time, though, in the space of five episodes where he's almost accidentally killed a teenager. Like that's kind of been Julian's defining thing is, you know, when in doubt, shoot near a teenager and feel rattled about it later. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids are inherently evil. So let's just put it that. <laughs> and he should, far he should be probably it, not carry a gun. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. But far be it for me to talk about people's looks, but you know, Draco CSI needs something called shampoo badly he does does kind of look like a little bit like a tweed vampire um yeah so. <laughs> just 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 it's time for an oil change yeah well it i i feel i feel bad for him because you know like neville longbottom went and turned into you know mr underwear british isles 2016 and we all had oh my god matthew lewis um wait what and this poor guy began this poor guy began losing his hair like when he took his o levels so oh. it's it's there. There is that going on. Um, I don't think Tom Felton's a bad actor. I think he's doing, he's doing good work with the material he's given, and bless him for embracing the roles he's embraced. Where like in one, it, it was the um, Planet of the Apes movies where he's like the lab tech that taunts the intelligent animals, <laughs> <laughs> and you know he's he seems to have carved out a role in TV shows where he's the brainy, slightly swatty dude who comes in. And is a thorn in the side of the people who are serious regulars. You mean British? So you know, so like, 
bless him for embracing that. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, is he is he Doctor Alchemy? The fact that he goes out drinking, uh, he, he goes out drinking with Barry by the end of the episode because he has big feelings and Barry is being nice uh-huh. to him. I'm like, I was like that conflict is pretty quickly resolved. So Lisa, so that, you is, know, Lisa, that point is, blank, is he Doctor mm-hmm. Alchemy? I don't know. I don't um, think so. I feel I like I feel like that's too pat. I feel like there was a lot of kind of suggestions of that just because it was like the two characters inter- introduced as kind of a result of Flashpoint. Um, if he is Doctor Alchemy, there's a lot. There's a lot of smoke just thrown in our direction in this episode, where because he does a lot of kind of unloading about like, like his life, and there's all this stuff about hating metahumans and uh, Doctor Alchemy, and Doctor Alchemy like does a lot with metahumans, right? So it seems like that that those feel. I mean, maybe there's a way you reconcile those, uh, but it feels like they're a little at odds with each other. Assuming that his whole speech was legit, but it seemed to be presented as a very heartfelt, emotionally. Uh, emotional thing that he very much believed in so yeah i mean maybe i mean in some way i don't like the conservation of characters of like jerky guy at work is also the jerk that's you know causing trouble at night it's a little bit more interesting if it's like we you know dr alchemy is the is the big bad and agreed and and julian is just a a guy that barry's got to deal with at work and you know i have to say that was one of the things i think i liked about this episode is that they did not feel obligated to check in on every thread that I feel like they've been leaning into with other stuff, because we never, we did not see any appearance of alchemy. We did not even have a metahuman uh, in this episode as the villain. Uh, they also did not uh, check in on whatever drama uh, Barry and uh, Iris are dealing with this week. I feel like that was a solid choice. Um, yeah, well, I like so. that Barry and Alice, I, I like that Barry and Iris are yeah. basically, yeah, we're doing this, we're having a relationship, and um, maybe I should move out of the house because that's creepy, and maybe we will just, you know. Uh, you know, act with discretion around our father. <laughs> so, so you know, there's that. Um, to get back to the Julian thing, um, interests me a little bit. Well, not a little bit. I think the Julian thing interests me because I like the idea of of him, him and Barry, finally getting a collegial relationship, and then he discovers that Barry is the Flash, and he's betrayed. He feels betrayed all over again. With, you know, I trusted mm. you with my feelings about metahumans. I, I trusted okay. you when I talked okay. about my issues and you took this and you were one of them this whole time. You've never been honest with me, you know, because especially since in a prior episode, he's like, I don't trust you and I don't like things I can't trust. And um, so I think Julian and his trust issues are going to come back. I don't think he's alchemy. I think um, if you want to do law of conservation of characters, for all we know, it's Caitlin's mom. Since she's doing all that research into metahumans anyway, we don't know that it's not somebody in her lab that's, you know, like, I need test subjects or I keep having dreams about a world where I did X, Y, Z and it went from there. But um, we also don't know that alchemy is not Yobard Thon or somebody who's messing or somebody who's just messing with Barry's head because he could. Barry has like two different super speed nemesis who, who know that he can run around and mess with timelines. So maybe they just decided to be fun to mess with him, too. You know, what's funny. Mm-hmm. We have totally bypassed the B plot of this episode, and I'm okay with that. By the way, mm-hmm. I just want to be perfectly I, frank. I feel like they, I feel like they, they almost could have done without a B plot if they need. I, but I guess they needed some source of tension to send uh, Barry and Julian out on a job together a couple times, basically, right? So they needed something, yeah. and I guess they're both, especially Julian's the metahuman CSI, so it had to be something metahuman related, uh, even though it ended up not being metahuman related. 
But like, I feel like they almost could have done this episode without a bad guy of the week, and it would have been just fine. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because um, th- the main story is is Caitlin. Um, but yeah, this 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 episode is titled Monster, and you know, I was mostly joking when I was like, "Who's the real monster here?" But you know, I, I guess when you look at it, Julian sees the metahumans as monsters, and I think Cisco, in a way, sees H.R. Wells as the monster because he's deceptive. And let's not forget, this team is going on year number three of people representing themselves under false pretenses, like. You know, every season there is always somebody who's like, hello, I'm working with you and here's our thing. And it turns out, no, I'm somebody else and here's my real agenda. So at this point, like if somebody lies, it's amazing that like all of them aren't just triggered into shooting first. Um, <laughs> you know, Caitlin clearly thinks of herself as a monster, Julian, and, and, and on and on it goes. So maybe the whole theme is, is, well, how do you define a monster? Is a monster somebody who acts on fear? Is a monster somebody who... um lulls you into believing there's no, nothing to fear uh you know because there were three examples of people who were reacting to metahumans as monsters and an example of somebody who wanted everybody else to feel the fear he felt every day um so it got a little after school special toward the end after school specials are where it's at and i by the way mm-hmm. i define a monster as guy english but that's another story <laughs> That's, oh, that's a local the guy local, english the nemesis. local definition yeah. so, that's so, very localized relative. Yeah, mm. it was a little, a little after school, especially, especially with how it was all just packaged into that one little scene. Um, yeah, and Joe's yeah. like, "Well, there's consequences, you know." <laughs> so, I just wanted to see the cuffs get put on the kid. Um, but I, de- I mean, definitely when there was the monster, I was like, "That is probably I, my first thought was like psychic projection of something." Right? I guess that that's a little bit more of an X Men plot. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, "That's." So somebody is making that big kaiju storm around uh, Central City. It's not actually there. Um, Reference and I like acknowledged. The, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. and the you know the 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 fact that it's a hologram and the police start shooting through it. That was that was kind of fun and clever. Barry got to do that yeah. bullet catch. Yeah. Um, so, but but almost could have done without it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But the CG you know, work was pretty darn good. Yeah, I was actually surprised at how good the CG work is. Mm-hmm. So. Um... So that was a pleasant surprise this time. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I had read some reviews in other places saying this was kind of a filler episode or or a water treading one. Um, I disagree. I feel like this was an episode that's actually teed up all of the big narrative questions that we're going to see kind of um, open up over the first half of the season. And uh, then the second half will be how everything gets resolved and what gets what gets shaken out. Julian so. can be a great character, I think, and so I <laughs> yeah. I want that to expand. I think I think that what's his name for real? Not Dr- uh, Malfoy. The the actor's uh, name? Yeah, the uh, Tom Tom Felton is his name. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I think pretty I think sure it's Malfoy. He's he's a decent um, actor. He plays yeah. a despicable really well, and mm-hmm. if I can like that guy. That's great. I even kind of like the, you know, I don't know if it totally makes sense, but his thing where he's a scientist and then mm-hmm. metahumans exist. And so suddenly he's like less, less of a scientist, except somehow he's also an expert in metahumans. That part didn't quite add up, but like, well, I mean, did, I, I believe the metahuman thing, like there was actually a reference to that a couple of episodes ago where Barry reads the sign and, and mm-hmm. um, he says really impatiently, it just means I took a four hour seminar. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Because I, I mean, 
I have mm-hmm. met academics in, you know, the, it's the thing where you become like an expert in a, in a special subfield and you, you know, you know, if you're really good at it, you become this expert at this narrower and narrower field. And it might be like a thing that only like five other people in the world understand. Uh, yeah. And especially the people I've met have been in the kind of in math and computer sciences. And, you know, there could be this thing where you specialize in a problem and you work on it for forever and ever. And then, you know, what can be actually kind of scary is the problem gets solved. And then it's like you're in your like late 40s and it's like uh i mean it's great that we solved this problem but what do i work on for the rest yeah what do i work on for the rest of my life um and like it's it's that kind of tragic so you know i'm willing to believe that yeah the the existence of metahumans may have may have screwed up a lot of phd uh dissertations um throughout Mm -hmm. the uh the science world uh of the flash um throwing things asunder um but yeah yeah. Um, no, I, I feel like it was a fun I feel like it was a fun episode. Um you know, out of the five this season, I think this is probably I'd say my second favorite maybe. Yeah, I you think know? this one was solid. I think Magenta was kind of the low point for me so far. Yeah, Magenta yeah. was what yeah, that that's gonna call our baseline low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um mm-hmm. so far we have not seen below that. Um this one was fine. I think it was it was totally solid. This is if this is what every week was like, I would be I'd be pretty happy. Um yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, but I, it seems like we don't we don't have a a lot of strong feelings uh, one way or other. It's like it's pretty it's pretty solid. This we, we give us like a, a B B plus maybe. Sure. I think I, I think my thing I wouldn't say a thing. I think my hesitation to like fling myself into the show is again we've had two years worth of person gets introduced to the cast. Person says they're here for one thing. Person turns out to be a big evil lying liar who lies, and so. <laughs> At this point, like with every character who comes on, I'm like, all right, what's the who's the mark? What's the catch? Yeah. Um, you got shields up, it's shields up, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, if if they hadn't already done it twice, I think I'd be more, I think I'd be more into the new characters and more excited to see what they're going to do. But right now I'm watching with kind of an implicit bias to say, okay, you know, Uh how are they setting up our heroes? What are they doing? Um, What are they doing that could threaten things? What, or what problem are they setting up for everybody to have to solve later? Uh, What I hope is that I'm wrong and that, you know, HR Wells is, is just a slick talking, you know, Theranos CEO type of dude who, you know, is there to make a beautiful disaster and his partner finally sucks him back all we're so sorry we normally don't let him out of a padded conference room and we don't know how this happened um or it's possible that julian becomes a valued member of the team and he provides a welcome um astringency and certain rigor of process that the, this this crowd has been lacking so you know i would love it if that's the case and then it turns out that your big bad is just um, you know, alchemy. And the question becomes, why are they trying to suck in things from the, the, the flashpoint event? Um, I would love it if it's like that. I don't trust the writers not to do. I, I don't trust the writers to do that, though. Like, you know, the writers have shown over the last two years that they just love the whole, no, really, it's like this. They're lying. No, really, it's like this. Here's the 11th, 11th hour reveal. So, you know, I like the show, but I, I feel like I'm watching it just just waiting to just waiting to see like the gears behind the the the, the machine, as it were. That's you know? that's because of last season. I am yeah, right we got, there. We with got burned. You. Yep. Yeah. 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 We did, didn't we? Oh, yeah. It's very sad. <laughs> yeah. I I think of last season as I just think about the finale and how we got here. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm you know what you know what to... you know what I do? Go ahead. You know what I do? I don't think about the finale. <laughs> no, that finale is so irritating in so many ways. Yeah, you mean racing? It, it, it's a lot. It's a lot easier to like this show if you just don't really remember that that was the thing that happened. Oh, race so. fighting. Yeah. yeah, race fighting, uh, fight mm-hmm. punching, uh, speed. I forget Run what fighting. Jason called it. Uh, Run fighting. Run fighting. Yes. Run fighting. <laughs> it's a thing so. now, Jason. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah, uh, I like and I believe. I mean, I regret following news, but I believe there is uh, there's some other evil speedster coming our way in future episodes mm-hmm. because because I don't know. Apparently, they're legally required, like by their CTI department, to have run fighting. Because um, mm-hmm. you know what, this episode didn't have any run fighting in it, and I didn't miss it. Um, yeah. No, yeah, no run fighting, that. no arguing mm-hmm. about kissing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. No alchemy being spooky for mm-hmm. 30 seconds without revealing anything. Um, I don't need those. Uh, so, yeah. All right. So, well, t- so I think take that to the writer's to... room? Yeah. yeah. No no more run fighting. <laughs> <laughs> easy on the run fighting, guys. Just a little bit. A little bit goes a long way with run yeah. fighting. Uh-huh. No, I still think one of my favorite moments in, in all three seasons of The Flash is where... Um, where we have a crossover and Oliver Queen shoots Barry with an arrow and makes the point that, you know, speed is not everything. You're going to have to develop some other skills. Yeah. <laughs> Just a whip, you know, I love that moment. It's so practical. Um, so we need, we do have a, uh, we do have a crossover event coming in the not too distant future. So, Oh yeah, um, we do. That we may do. be interesting. Yeah. We're going to have to figure out how to coordinate all the crossover podcast for that too. Yeah. Screw well, you do them. have to watch. No, forget people, them. You got to watch Legends of Tomorrow. Well, I feel you like get... the Legends of Tomorrow podcast would just be fifteen minutes of a sign. Sadly, <laughs> yeah, just just stop. Just follow my lead, everyone. Don't you know watch what? There's, it. There, there are people that are watching it and enjoying it, and like that's you know what? Good for them. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. that's really really interesting, but good for them. Yeah. I'm glad they can find joy in something um, that I think is is silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the most recent episode uh, I thought was extra dumb. So extra I dumb. Look to ca- I look forward to catching up on it now because extra dumb is kind of my flavor of media. Stop! So, Don't, yeah, do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Lisa, just watch. Just watch like five episodes in a row. That what could go wrong? Oh God! I just did that I, with the Flash, is, where I watched four in a row, and it's a lot to take in. <laughs> this is not advice coming to you from a place of friendship. That is what no. we call bad advice. So. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's not being. That's not being. I feel help. like maybe maybe what we should that's do is not... we should start we should, we should start doing our own evil writers room <laughs> twists on this podcast where we just give people really bad advice on anything and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Watch a lot of Legends of Tomorrow. Rewind, especially on this segment. Go out and buy season one. Mm -hmm. Oh, my Lord. You got to watch it backwards to really get the full effect because it's about time travel, except when it's not about time travel. I still, I'm not sure if this is what's going to be like what ultimately lands my my, my child in therapy later on or what, but every once in a while she'll tear around the house with a couple of her superhero figures singing, Legends of Tomorrow are happening right now. That's too much for any child. That's what turns them yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to explain that at some point. That's what so makes them how, create holographic Thon, monsters. It? And it was really mom who bullied me, not you know Joe Bunda yeah. down the street. Yeah, yeah. it was so. mom who you did this to me, mother. <laughs> and the next thing, my kitchen table's turned into ice. All right. Yeah. Okay. And on that note, we're gonna wrap it up. I was Lisa Schmeiser this time out. 
Yeah. I'm Phil Moslack. Hi, Legends of Tomorrow is a horrible show. Don't watch it. <laughs> I'm Tony Sindelar. Do whatever you want. Uh, good night, nerds. <laughs>